Welcome to the Obscure Pastor Podcast. I'm Drew Carpenter, your host on the podcast for all kinds of ministers and other followers of Jesus who work in relative obscurity. Today on the podcast, I'm talking with Blake Henry. Blake has experience as a student pastor, associate pastor, leading volunteers, and church planning. He's currently working on his Master of Arts in Theology from Fuller Theological Seminary. Blake and his wife, Erica, whom I've had on the podcast as well, have recently moved to Allentown, Pennsylvania, where Erica is a lead pastor of a church plant called the Holy District. Blake supports Erica and helps facilitate dialogue as a group host at the Holy District gatherings. He loves to read, spend time with Erica, and walk their dogs, Sam and Spock. Blake, thanks for coming on the Obscure Pastor Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Andrew. Awesome. I'm glad uh, to catch up with you a little bit. We see each other every now and then, but not since, uh, I don't know, this winter before the coronavirus. Hit, I was going to so. say, COVID-19 has just like stopped all traveling, right? Yeah. Being able to see people. so yeah. It's been a little bit weird. <laughs> uh, so, Blake, why did you agree to come on the Obscure Pastor Podcast? Do you consider yourself obscure? Oh, gosh. Yeah, I think I'm about as obscure as you can be. <laughs> um, but the real reason I came on is so I could hang out and talk with you, Andrew. Oh, uh, well, that's very sweet. Well, it's true. So, I mean, like, honestly, I don't have that much to share. Like, even when you ask me, I'm like, well, actually, I don't even have the title pastor right now. So I am very obscure when it comes to that. Um, but, yeah, I think, you know, I, I do not have any kind of following, anything like that. Um, so definitely obscure. But yeah, I think coming on is just a fun opportunity to get to talk um, and just hear what people are actually doing. Like, I love the podcast in terms of like, this is people in the trenches doing ministry. It's not like people are trying to grow a platform or anything like that. But yeah, I just love what you're doing, Andrew. Well, cool. Thanks. And I enjoy doing it. It's a lot of fun for me. I, you know... I don't know if I have a bazillion listeners because I don't have a bazillion <laughs> listeners, but it's fun. And yeah, I do it because I like to, I like having conversations yeah. and if I can record them and share them with other people, then I'll do that. And so I, cause it is, it's to me, it's nice to give people a little bit of, Oh, well, here's what it's like. Here's what pastors are like. And most of them are kind of normal yeah, everyday absolutely. people, not <laughs> free, not freaks, not, <laughs> not angry. They're mostly, content, peaceful, kind individuals. And so, yeah, I, I kind of like giving a platform for that. So yeah, cool. for sure. And just to let you know, if you do get a bazillion listeners and subscribers, you're going to have to change the name of your podcast because you will not be obscure anymore. Well, that's true. I've, I have <laughs> thought about that a little bit, but I don't think that's going to happen. Talk to me, you know, you served in a church in Arizona last, you guys planted mm-hmm. a church. Was that in Illinois? I'm yeah, Southern that. Illinois, yep. But you were in a large church in Arizona. Yeah. And uh, how long were you out there? Uh, we were in Arizona, and I was on staff at this church for about three years. Yeah. Well, what were, I know that there were some challenging moments out there, just because we've talked about that. What were some of the, yeah. what were some of the challenges that you've experienced in ministry? And you can be somewhat vague. Don't, uh, you don't need to use anybody's name or anything yeah, like that. Yeah, for but. sure. Um yeah, I think 
any ministry context you're in, like we've, you know, like you said, we planted a church and it was a small church plant in our small hometown of 15,000 people. You know, there's challenges with that. And that's um, wanting people to come in the doors, right? And stuff like that and worrying about those kind of things. But then whenever you go to the other, so I've been on that side of the spectrum and then I've been on the other side of the spectrum where you have like 10,000 people and multiple campuses and stuff like that. And I think for the that kind of context, you know, some of the challenges are just like really maintaining relationships with the people, um, maintaining relationships, being willing to go into those hard and difficult conversations, you know, because um, sometimes it's a lot easier to not go in. I mean, not sometimes, most of the time it's easier not to have difficult and hard conversations, but, you know, and also just not, um, not falling too much into the idea of what success actually is in terms of the world, but keeping, keeping your focus. I mean, personally for me, um, I'll say there were multiple times when I fell into the trap of like, Oh, I want to climb the ladder. You know, I want to, um, I do want to be a popular pastor. I do want to, you know, have some kind of following or something like that. And that just shows you how arrogant I am. But, um, yeah, so those were some of my challenges. Honestly, I think they were more personal for me than they probably were when it comes to the organization or the institution of the church that I was working. Um, so yeah, I've done a lot of reflecting over that time, a lot of praying and a lot of just spending time with God, which I'm fortunate right now to be able to do as I'm in school and, um, you know, just supporting Erica and those kind of things with the church plant. But yeah, I mean, there was just a lot of me that was getting in the way. <laughs> hmm. Hmm. It, yeah. Does that, I mean, I kind of think about that. I think back to my early days in ministry and some of the um, stuff around Saddleback and the purpose-driven mm, yeah. church and things like this. Is, I mean, <clears throat> I'm dating myself to the mid, <laughs> mid-90s, I guess. And I think, I don't know, I, I had that same kind of thought of, oh, okay, I can do this and yeah. I'll do just fine and God will use me. And I kind of, the further I got into ministry, I was like, you know what? That's not the that's not usually how this goes for most of most, us. Yeah, for and sure. Yeah. And go ahead, Andrew. No, you go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, for me, it was like growing up in my context, as soon as I like actually committed my life to Christ when I was 20 years old, and I stepped into a church, which it was a small church, I mean, it was like all of a sudden, I had some natural leadership abilities and those kind of things. And all of a sudden, the pastor and everyone is saying, oh my gosh, you're called into ministry. And what that meant for them was, well, you're going to be a senior pastor. You know, that wasn't necessarily any other, there was no other kind of option or lens that people were really looking through in terms of ministry wise. Um, Because where I grew up, it was like, if you were in ministry, you were the senior pastor, you know? Mm. So yeah, that was just kind of, it was like um, putting me on the road towards if you're not um, being a senior pastor, if you're not having this influence. And once again, like, the leadership talk is just so heavy, right? But um, what leadership is in the kingdom of God, in my opinion, looks drastically different than what we tend to talk about what leadership looks like um, in the world. Mm, yeah, I saw something recently. I'm re- reading one of these books from my core course, and it, mm. the author said something that, to the extent that you know what if we measured success by how well we love people you know like like jesus did and instead of yeah and we get we get 
we get bogged down on in what what the world thinks of as success and yeah, yeah youth pastors and associate pastors and all, all, all the children's pastors well when are you going to be a real pastor right when are you going <laughs> right. to when are you going to be the the lead person right yeah and yeah, that's just like, not the case right <laughs> yeah and i and i don't think that's a bad thing obviously you know i think i'll be really honest with you andrew i mean it's been within the last you know year that we've been out here it's like really just starting to understand even and this is so bad considering i've been in ministry for a while but um really starting to understand what it means when like we are all part of the body of christ that means you know people have gifting i should not be able to do it all even though i think like i'm one of these people that is like oh i see somebody driving a a nascar race car and i'm like oh i could do that you know but the the real thing is is like maybe i'm not called to be that you know senior pastor maybe i'm not called to be that teaching pastor maybe i'm not called to the list could go on and on but Mm. the idea of being comfortable and i mean i don't really like to use the word comfortable because so many times that leads to leads people to be complacent but right you know the idea of being comfortable in your own skin and i would say honestly for me like in my journey that's just now where i'm coming to mm. well that's that's good to hit that before you hit 30 so <laughs> well i didn't quite do it because i'm 31 oh, so i missed okay. the mark all right yeah so i'll be 32 this year i missed it Okay. Well, anyways, 30, the 30s are great for exploring too. So uh, yeah, I find like you got to just keep, just keep going, keep learning. Yeah. Um, well, if, I'm going to be learning a lot because with a baby coming, I've never had to do anything. I've never changed a diaper. I'm the youngest of my, my family, of my siblings. So it's like, it's going to be a whole new world for me. Not even like nieces and nephew diaper changes? Nothing. nothing. Oh, never. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, you have to like get a little doll baby in practice or something, probably. Oh my gosh! Yeah, with COVID nineteen, like um, I was super pumped whenever we found out we were pregnant, and I'm like, I'm gonna do all the classes, and then COVID nineteen happens, <laughs> and like all the classes are canceled, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be a failure. So <laughs> you'll be fine. It'll. It, it's one of those things where if you if you have like the if you're trying to kind of, I don't know how I'm trying to say this, but if you're just like, uh, cause I'm a, I'm an excellent father. Of, of <laughs> yes, course. you are. Yeah. Duh. Duh. You're the prime example. Right. So, but I think if you're, as long as your kind of intent is to go, okay, we'll figure this out. And I don't mind asking for help. Then mm. yeah, I think that that's where you kind of go. Okay. We could do this many, 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 many bazillions of us have done this before. <laughs> and yeah babies don't tend to break unless you are a horrible person and so yeah and you're not so anyway well thank you for that i am not a horrible person <laughs> if i take anything away from this conversation that's it i mean i've already told you how arrogant and everything i am so that is what i'm taking away okay we'll put a we'll put a pin <laughs> in that one right there and that'll be our little sound bite blake love is it. not horrible he <laughs> is <love> arrogant <laughs> um all right uh, so you know, when things are, when, when things are difficult or challenging or rough, or you're just kind Mm -hmm. of in a desert or I don't, I hate metaphors are kind of weird, but (laughs) when you, when you just really feel like things are not going the way you were hoping they would, or you thought God had planned for them to go, Mm -hmm. what are, where do you find inspiration when those times are tough? Mm. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I think for me, 
I mean, I could give the obvious answer, the really churchy answer and be like, duh, Jesus. Um, but yeah, I think I tend to look at a lot of people that um, really did do like the sacrifice of, um, and they weren't, they didn't become famous or anything like that, but like just really lived the life out, you know, of following Jesus and what that means. So I look at my mom a lot. Um, like my mom is not famous or anything, but she does. Um, she, she got married at 17. She had, um, my oldest sister at 17 and my dad was 19. So like, they are people that I can look at and be like, man, they really just kept going, making it through. We planted the church with them. They'd been, you know, followers of Christ, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I look to them. I read a lot. I read a lot about church history and like St. Francis is somebody I really admire. Mm. Um, you know, and just the idea of like giving up all of his wealth and I'm obviously not there yet, but like giving up all of his wealth and that kind of thing. And just like really wanting to, um, convene and be in relationship with God and how that, um, affected his relationship with others. And then in my, um, Honestly, I look up to Erica a lot. I say all the time that um, Erica is like the best Christ follower I know <laughs> um, mm. because, I mean, she's someone that is just constantly willing to reflect on herself, um, tell herself the truth, uh, the hard truth, um, deal with those things. And also, um, you know, she's willing to, she's also my best friend, you know, so we have conversations <laughs> all the time just about anything and everything. And no judgment there. Um, and just think like, man, you know, this is who I get to live life with. Um, mm -hmm. so yeah, I would say that's some of my stuff is like, I go to books, I go to, um, church history, but I have the, the, I have the, the great privilege of having the parents that I did. And then also being married to Erica. Mm. That's awesome. Do you, so you, you mentioned books. What, what, what's something you're reading right now? That's, um, been challenging or rewarding or oh gosh um there is a book by willie Jean jennings um the christian imagination and that's one things i'm reading right now and it is about um the the subtitle is theology and the origins of race okay. and that has um obviously in the time we're in right now it's crazy um and i get to say that from a place of privilege obviously as a white person, like, um, black people have been living this out for a long time. And, uh, Willie Jennings, he is a black theologian professor at Yale. And he just really did a deep dive into how our world has really been constructed, um, to benefit white people and oppress, uh, black people specifically. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's challenging. Cause you know, it's the idea of people, white people have used, the scriptures that I love to continue to oppress people over and over. And obviously that is not a new thing. People have weaponized scripture for all kinds of reasons. So <laughs> yeah, that got written down, right? Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, but that would be a challenging read right now, but I'm trying yeah. to balance that out with um, just some, um, cause I'm on my, I'm in a break right now before okay. I start my um, summer quarter. So right now I'm balancing that out with rereading the brothers K. So oh. <laughs> yeah, get a so, so for a little context there, like 
getting a little of Elder Soshima and Alexi into my imagination as well during some of these hard times. So that's awesome. Yeah, I've read that a couple of times. I haven't. Yeah, I like the Russians, the Russian authors, I should say. I'm not sure if I like the Russians or not. But <laughs> I don't know yeah. if I should say that out loud. But yeah, <laughs> no, for so. sure. I mean, like, so we're actually gonna name our boy Alexi. So, like, we we like that character a lot. We like mm. that. Book. Well, yeah, he's the the gentle spirit, the open one, the yeah, the one that's yeah. still kind of searching and seeking and. Yeah, yeah, but open. I think of him as being open, right? Yeah, it's yeah. like, why can't I like that? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But you're the baby, too, and he the baby, and so, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, he's the youngest, and I, I'm the youngest, but I got the, probably the opposite treatment. Like, I did not go into, you know, <laughs> I did not go follow a, a priest or a father. Um, I was all into sports and all that kind of stuff. Sure. Yeah. Probably one of the more rough and tumble K brothers. Um, <laughs> yeah. I probably well, more like Ivan. <laughs> so what kind of, I, I mean, yeah. What kind of advice do you give to people like us that are doing good work, might not get noticed for it? You know, what's the, how, how do you play the long game in this? Yeah, I think um, that's, such a good question. I think there's a few things that come to my mind. Um, one would be, you know, having a Trinitarian view <laughs> of God and a worldview um, and an eschatol- eschatological view, um, thinking just about how, like, Jesus could come back any day, you know, whatever those kind of things is, as um, the New Testament authors believe, but also, like, Jesus is ultimately, God is ultimately doing this. God is ultimately working. We get to partner in with that and uh, co-labor. But I think it's also so important. That's why I love Sabbath, um, the idea of the Sabbath. And just knowing that even I constantly, even during the day, will just have to tell myself to stop and rest, Mm -hmm. knowing that it's actually God and his faithfulness that is um, bringing about his work and his kingdom. And I just get to partner in that. But also, you know, I think um, thinking through, like, just kind of opt out of the game of what success is. Um, Because we grow up so indoctrinated with, if you are not um, successful, if you're not at the top of the ladder, um, at the top of the totem pole, then you are not a success. And I don't mean that is you don't want to be successful, but it's just how are you successful? So I think of personally, I think of what Jesus says, you know, um, the first shall be last and the last shall be first. So are you successful at, um, serving others and not caring, like literally not caring if people notice you or not. But yeah, I think, um, I remember having a conversation with a friend after I had taken a promotion at the last church and he was, you know, curious, like he felt he was kind of stuck in, in a children's pastor role and that kind of thing. And he said, we were just talking like, what do you think I should do to kind of get noticed or whatever? And my advice was, man, just opt out of the game. Like mm-hmm. really just, just go live your life, love Jesus, love others, want the best for others. Um, that's something I'm not very good at either. I mean, these are, it's kind of like you have just become my priest and I'm just confessing to you, Andrew. But like, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, for me, for a long time, I just, even though I said I love people and everything, um, I probably didn't want the best for them because I 
I, um, I thought that was taking away from me or my opportunities when it's like, no, that doesn't, that actually benefits me and that helps the kingdom of God and those kind of things. So yeah, I think just opting out of the game, actually, the more I've come to follow Jesus, I've learned that decentering yourself is so much more like Christ and living on the margins than it is being on the top. <laughs> mm, yeah, that's really good. And that's, those are hard lessons to learn. And some of us have to l- learn those lessons the hard way. And some of us just kind of figure it out as we go. But we all learn, I think we all learn those lessons is that, you know, as a Christian, you know, whether you're in yeah. pastoral ministry Absolutely. or you're an accountant, you know, if Absolutely. you want to follow Christ, you have to go, okay, how can I, yeah, like Paul would say, look out to the needs of others or care yeah. for the needs of others as opposed to yourself. Love yourself, you know, don't right. beat yourself up, but Absolutely. how, don't how, live how can I look out, guilt. right, but how can I better serve you? How can I consider my love for you is like looking out for your best interest, you know? Right. And I, and I think that's one thing, you know, like something that's a really hot topic right now is self care. Um, and I think that's kind of become a hot topic in the church and outside of the church. But I think, you know, the way I grew up, it was like, if you talk about self care or something, that's being selfish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily get on board with all the actual self care stuff, but I have come to realize like, you know what? God doesn't just love me. God likes me. There's a theologian um, named James Allison, and he writes pretty extensively on that. And the idea of God liking you, and like I've come to understand, like I like myself, so I don't beat myself up or I try not to as much anymore. Mm. Um, but at the same time, that has caused me to be um, view others with a lot more grace. Right. And, you know, they're trying their best. So I think a lot of times if we just kind of come to the conclusion of people are probably trying their best, no matter where they're at, a lot of times (laughs) that helps, but there are obviously some things where I'm like, you're just, that's crazy. (laughs) That person's not trying very hard. Yeah. They're not trying at all. You know, it's just like, that's pretty selfish, but there's no other way around that. Yeah. Well, that's, that's hard though. Cause yeah, you don't know. You don't know what's going on with that person, why they're, where they are and what they're thinking, but. Yeah, but that's what, I mean, that's grace, right? It's just going, yeah. okay, hmm, this is somebody made in God's image. And I'll just be honest. That's <laughs> like, I, I struggle with that, you know, because I do. I see so many things right now, especially in the world where I'm like, hey, I am trying to listen. I am trying to understand where you're coming from if I have a different point of view. But there are some things I'm just like, nope, that doesn't, that is not, <laughs> not I'm not willing to go there, you know? Um, and that's probably my own immaturity, but it's just like, yeah. Well, no, I think that's difficult. I think you, there, there's a difference between agreeing with them and showing disdain for them too. Right. And so I think there's a little bit of that, but I, yeah, you, and I don't know how much time you dwell on trying to find that image in that person, or you just Mm -hmm. kind of move on and go, you know what? Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know how to solve that issue necessarily yeah. either. But, but I know that there's not, if we give too much time to people that are so grossly marring whatever image of God mm-hmm. is in them, and that's just going to make me more angry and disdainful and contemptuous. And I don't want any of that in my life. So right, I don't need any yeah. more of that in my life, I should say. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'd say we all have it at some point or at yeah. to some degree. But um, going back to what you said a little bit earlier, Andrew, and like the actual journey 
for all Christians. If you're going to be a Christ follower, if you are actually going to pledge your allegiance to Christ, you know, like the idea of that decentering and being on the margins with, uh, and that's where we find Christ, you know. Um, I think that is such, that should be such a um, rocky road for us to actually experience, especially someone like me. Like I have all the privilege in the world. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've had to, I've had to have a lot of uncomfortable conversations. I've had to, um, read a lot of books that are like, oh my gosh, this is, um, so hard to hear, but it's like, man, it's also so beautiful that if I can actually enter into those, um, spaces and just live alongside my brothers and sisters, Mm. man, what a, what a world it would be. Mm, That's awesome. Appreciate you sharing that. Um, before we get go much further, I want to kind of we're yeah. going to be wrapping it up here in a minute. In a few minutes, um, I always ask my guests what their who their favorite musician is, Ooh. and that could be a person or a band, and it could be somebody that you just listened to today or somebody you like. I don't know. I liked them back when I was in high school, but oh well, I am. You have your pick. Okay, I do. Can I give you two? Sure. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, I kind of have an old soul, Andrew, so it's not going to be anybody popular. As a matter of fact, um, Erica and my our roommate, Chelsea, our friend that lives with us right now, they talk about modern music all the time, or they watch some show that plays modern music, and I'm like, I don't even know this song. So um, my two people would be Bob Dylan and Tom Petty. All right. Yeah. Not, there, what, what would be wrong with that? <laughs> oh, not a thing. I think I think they're the greatest. I personally think Bob Dylan is the greatest um, songwriter of all time. So you may, you may be right. I I, I mean I, I never argue a, any of the points. <laughs> I mean, he won a Nobel Prize for literature. Like, what singer songwriter gets to say that? So true. There you go. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to say anything. I like he is a great <laughs> he is a great songwriter. I agree. Yes, you were like, but you are not going to mention his voice. <laughs> not <laughs> really. So. Yeah. There's there's moments when it's pretty good, you know, <laughs> and it feels it feels real. And so yeah, yeah, I understand. But a great a poet and yeah. writer. Ex. I mean, and yeah, he's up there. Tom, Tom Petty live is amazing. He was mm-hmm. amazing. So yeah, gotta love him. Yeah, man, that's good, good stuff. And yeah, you are a young man to be loving some Tom Petty and uh, Bob Dylan. Claire loves Bob Dylan too. So and oh, she's, yeah. she's only 20. So there you go. Anyway, but yeah, she, si- Simon, See? Simon and Garfunkel, Bob Dylan, Absolutely. you know, and I was See, like, this I, is, this is another example of your, you being the prime example of the best father. You have raised Claire Wright. Mm, I don't know if I get any credit for that. We exposed both the kids to lots of music. Gotcha. And so, but I think she kind of found them in high school and college more nice. than I pointed her in those directions. So I don't know. Okay. So we, she, she would, she would like listen to we, when they were little kids. Um, John, John Mayer was on our, we had a John Mayer or two CD, right? And one of the songs is, um, we, we always kind of roll back to when Claire was little, she would be singing in the car and she would like sing one of his songs that was not appropriate. And I'm not going to say what it is, but I was just like, we're kind of like, Oh man, should our four year old be singing that song right now? Oh, I'm, I am sure I will be the same way. And I know I was the same way. So yeah. 
Yeah, we try to avoid. We we didn't do any like gangster rap or anything oh, like that. When there was just blatant uh, <laughs> f bombs and yeah. I mean, I think I think Tupac is a genius as well. So oh yeah, oh for sure. So. I mean, there's a lot, and we talk. I talk about this with some other folks on my podcast. Just the there's some prophetic voices. Oh gosh, that yeah. we kind of don't give. We don't consider them to be prophets because they use language that's too harsh, yeah. right? But I yeah. think about the actual prophets in the Bible. Those guys oh. were not – they're pretty rough around the edges. I was going to say, they were did not – did some whacked out stuff to yeah. get people's attention. And so I, I think it's really t- tough to go, okay, yeah, Tupac or Kendrick Lamar or yeah. um, John Stewart even just oh, – they, they had these yeah. voices that spoke truth. And, yeah. yeah, they didn't get it all right all the time. Um, and they might have used some language that was <laughs> not appropriate for church, you know, right? But they were saying something that was obviously true and about justice and about that was meaningful. And so, absolutely, and that's what I mean. Like when you say in that, I mean, I know we've had this conversation before, Andrew, in terms of like talking about preachers and stuff like that, even going to um, people that are popular. But we've talked ourselves about how, like, man, preachers really need to take lessons from stand-up comedians, like. Oh man, Dave Chappelle just comes to my mind. You know, it's like that is—he's speaking some truth bombs there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if you come from a certain perspective, you can't listen to all the other <laughs> stuff that comes with it because <laughs> that's true, right? Right. right. Yeah. And so it, th- that message gets lost for—I don't know. I don't, I don't want to label anybody, but it, that message right. does get lost because you can't get past. You can't filter. You can't filter out some of the other stuff that. Right. And so you just go, oh, well, maybe he's not speaking the truth. But yeah, as far as being an excellent storyteller, and somebody that's authentic and real, yeah. and just well, at least he feels that way. I mean, he may yeah. just be acting. I don't know. Yeah. But it, de- it definitely feels like he's he's speaking a truth that he feels is true, and yeah. I don't want to go into like. Oprah, you know your truth, kind of thing, or whatever. It's like, because <laughs> right. yeah, I, I don't want to get into relativism or anything like that. Yeah, and yeah. So, anyways, that got I went off the rails there for a minute. So okay, we're right. coming back. I enjoyed it. Oh, okay. Well, good. Well, I'm I'm glad. <laughs> I'm having fun. We're having a good time here. Uh, what's something about you, Blake, that most people don't know? Oh, geez. Like something you did or haven't done or who. Most people don't know. I have, oh, I don't know. I can't swim. Are you for reals? Yeah, for real. I can't swim. Okay. Yeah. Like, are you afraid of the water or you just have never taken lessons? I mean, like, I'm not afraid of the water now, but (laughs) as a 31-year-old, Andrew, I'm not afraid of the water now. But when I was younger, oh, heck yeah. I hated water to go, like, get in my eyes, my ears, anything. Hated it. Okay. Yeah, so, and that was, I mean, my, my mom and my two older sisters, we would go to my aunt and uncle. They had a, um pond and we would go there every day of the summer because my mom was a teacher for a while and she had the summers off so we would go every day and (laughs) i still cannot swim Hmm. would you get (laughs) would you get in the pond though i would yeah but i definitely had floaties yeah i mean come on andrew i'm not gonna drown out there (laughs) okay all right that's just that's so vastly interesting from i mean that's just I, we, I mean, for our kids, we gave them lessons 
mm-hmm. Karma and I both were are swimmers and good, good swimmers and things like that. And uh, so it just, it just, it's a different perspective. I'm like, my parents were like, they made us take swimming lessons when I was a little oh, kid because yeah. it was a life skill. Right. Right. And so, yeah. And my mom and my dad, they tried to do everything like they They would be like, okay, you, if you jump off the dock and you do this, like, we'll go, I love ice cream. We'll go get ice cream or whatever. And I was like, nope, not doing it. Scared to death. <laughs> Stubborn and, little. Yeah. And kid, like, weren't you? yeah. And Erica has, so we've been bridge jumping before, which is not the smartest thing to do if you can't swim. Um, but jumping off of a bridge once, um, about 30 feet up in the air. And then getting in the water, I just found a big old rock and held on. And Erica, she she tells a story of how she like popped out of the water. She saw me and she's like, Blake's holding onto this rock like he's dying. So, yeah, probably not smart to do if you can't swim. Yeah, not at all. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for sharing that. That that's uh, I'm proud of you. You're making you're making some strides today. I'm sure. Oh right? man, you know, like <laughs> I bear, said, burying your soul and priest Andrew here. <laughs> yeah. You know, gets nobody all will ever come like... on the podcast again after they hear this because, like, <laughs> he's gonna pull stuff out of me that I want to say. <laughs> oh gosh, yeah. oh no! I oh. encourage everyone to come on your podcast. <laughs> okay, well, cool. Well, so Blake, how do people find you if you want to be found? Like, what's your What's your spot? Are you? Oh, that's hilarious. Is it mostly Instagram, Twitter, Facebook? Do you have like a, a blog site or anything like that? Oh my gosh, Andrew. This is going to tell you how obscure I really am. Like, I don't, I mean, you can find me on Facebook, I guess, but I have a really common name, like Blake Henry, and I don't even know my, um, what the ID is. Okay. But on Instagram, I think it's like Blake Henry 13. On Instagram? Yeah. Okay. But. I don't know. Why 13? Is that, is that your favorite number? It was. Yeah, it is. So, um, growing up playing sports, that was the number all the time. 13. Um, it was me and my dad's number. That's awesome, man. I'm, and I'm surprised coaches didn't try to talk you out of that because sports people are a little bit, uh, Oh yeah. It was always the, and that's the thing is like, I was always, like you said, stubborn, hard headed. It's like, Oh yeah, I'll prove you wrong. Whatever. So Mm -hmm. yeah, liked it. Blake, is there anything else you'd like to share before we sign off? Uh, no, I mean, just thanks for having me on once again. It was fun. You bet. It was fun, man. I enjoyed talking to you. So, Blake, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. I All the best to you and Erica and the Holy District. I am praying for you, Glenn. I know that um, you're excited to be having Alexi come in September, mm-hmm. and we look forward to meeting this little boy. Mm, thank you. All right, man. Have a great rest of your week. All right. You too, Andrew. Thank you so much. You have been listening to the Obscure Pastor Podcast. If you like the podcast, share it with a friend. Subscribe today and sign up at obscurepastor.com for my brief weekly e-newsletter. It's a dose of encouragement and inspiration. You can also find me on Twitter and Instagram at Drew Carpenter. So let's be friends.